welcoming to Rage Against the Mainstream for the first time, our new friend, Omar Feliciano from the Phoenix Within. Is that how you pronounce your last name? That is totally how you spell my last name and say it. (laughs) Fuck yeah, there we go. (laughs) So, before we started the show here, um, we were just talking for a couple minutes and we found out that we have a few mutual friends and we've kind of been like connected this whole time, kind of in like a weird way. <laughs> Such a small world. Dude, it's like a ridiculous world. I mean, then again, you're, you, I mean, Queens isn't that far from South Jersey. But no, like, it's only like an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just like the, the people involved, it's just like the mutual friends that we have. It's re- it's, it's funny that it would take for this to have me and you come into contact with each other. It's, it's true. It, it's, it's like, I always say things happen for a reason. It's, it's the magic of the scene and the industry, right? Where if we stick around long enough, we're, ma- we're bound to meet. Absolutely. We're bound to meet and we're bound to know people that know people that know people that know each other. And next, thing you know, you're my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. What? You're my baby daddy. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> So I guess to kind of start this thing off here, for those listeners that don't know who you are and are unaware of the Phoenix Within, give our listeners a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? What is the Phoenix Within? All right. So the Phoenix Within is a rock project. I like this is word for word, verbatim. Here we go. The Phoenix Within is a rock project based out of Queens, New York. The band is fronted by me, Omar Feliciano, and it's backed by bassist. Nicholas Narlis, guitarist John Narlis, and drummer James Narlis. They are three brothers. You did hear that right. Three Narlis brothers. I was going to ask you that. Are they brothers? (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely – they are three brothers. Because you don't ever get a rhythm section that tight without them being blood-related. It makes it so much easier. The only thing that I had to really, like, get used to is they're three brothers. (laughs) So (laughs) – they fight so and like, argue. <laughs> oh my god, dude, dude! It goes on, and it's like they get so loud. And then when you finally, you know, you know, you know, the first couple of times, I was just like, "Oh man, this is it, right?" Like we just started and it already ended, you know. And then after all the chaos, you know, they're like, "No, nah, we weren't fighting. <laughs> we were just talking." <laughs> That's like, awesome. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so. How how did you get into contact with these guys? How how did you meet them? Basically, how how did the band come to be the band? So the band, um, this this particular, the Phoenix Within was established in 2013. You know, okay. but uh, this particular lineup was actually all put together because of the guy's dad. So their father works at at my workplace. Uh, so I work at York College in Jamaica, Queens. Okay. Uh, it's, it's also the school I graduated from. I got a bachelor's degree from there. And I still work there. I work there as a lab technician for the biology department. That's awesome. And, and I'm still there. Because, so I work there and I'm still taking classes now. I'm working on a second bachelor's in music. Their father actually works on grounds and he's a painter for the school. And every time this, this guy is painting and, and like doing his work, he's always like got the classic rock music going, you know? Oh yeah! Like he's just he's just pumping the beats and you know he's just doing what he's doing. And one day he saw me come in with a guitar and he was just like, from there it just snowballed. He's like, oh, you know my my all my sons play. 
and he started showing me some videos of them, you know, performing at a at a venue that just closed down, actually, uh, the Revolution Bar in Long Island. Okay. Um, so he's like, shows me the video, and I'm like, dude, this is great, you know. If, well, at the time, I didn't have any band, any members, so I was like, you know, if if you have, you know, if any of them are interested, just send them my way. So he sends me his youngest son, which is Nicholas. That's why I was named Nicholas first, you know, <laughs> in anything. <laughs> but um, so he gives me Nick's. Uh, details. Nick and I get in touch, and then we, at the time, we had a percussionist friend uh, playing with us, and we played a bunch of acoustic shows. And after Nick, uh, then Nick convinced John, <laughs> John, and then uh, we played a show together. And then when we played the show, then the James came along, the drummer, and he's like, "I want to join." <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the middle child syndrome, and I was like, "All right, let him in, let him in." So, <laughs> so that's then, awesome. Uh, and that's how it came together. You know, if it wasn't for their dad, you know, like pumping the beats and actually, you know, showing me what they, you know, that they were, you know, and telling me he put us in connection, and then Nick took care of the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we got this lineup. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, what well, what I'm able to gather is that the Phoenix Within was your project to begin with, and you just basically had like a revolving like cast of musicians until you found this particular incarnation that's now what everyone knows as the Phoenix Within. Exactly, that's exactly what happened, dude. It was one of those things where when I started the Phoenix Within, it was like I was just. You know, I've been in many bands. I'm sure, like you've you've been in the same scenario. You know, you you hop from band to band. Sometimes you 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 know, you guys go on tour, we go on tour, and then we come back and we're all you know, we break up. Yeah. Like the tour didn't go so well. You know, or you go into the studio and so much money goes into the studio and nothing happens, and then you're sitting on the on an album that never gets released, and it just goes nowhere. So when when I started the Phoenix Within, I just wanted something that I was holding myself 100% accountable. That I'd be like, no matter what, whatever we record is going to get released and it's going to get put out and I'm going to play shows and I can, I, I'm in charge. You know what I mean? Like it's exactly, and, and that was it, you know? And so that's what happened. So when, when the Phoenix Within, you know, finally I had enough, you know, I, dude, I, when I decided I wanted to do this, the year was like 2012. I sat down and I wrote over like maybe like over 40 to 60 songs. Oh, wow. And then I, I, and then I fished through all of them. And then I was like, I'm going to take 12. I, at first I was like, I'm just going to take 10, you know? And then I took 10 and then I started stretching them out and really going into them. And then I was like, nah, fuck it. I'll do 14. <laughs> so, so then I did that, you know, whatever. And then I had these, just like you with uh, Noah, I had this one drummer, his name is Lawrence uh, Turco. And then I, I had a, he was just a phenomenal drummer, you know, he was, and he was like the best drummer I ever dealt with ever, you know, at that time. No, no, no shots, Larry. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> and then I had Kenny O'Donoghue on bass. And then, um, my friend Joe Bolzano on lead guitar for some of the songs. But then, you know, when I got into the studio, it was just, it was just that. So I pushed through, you know, I, I, I re we recorded a full length album, but then everybody, you know, we only played one show live, dude. So we went, you know, we put all this cash into this one album and then everybody split different ways. Oh, so, you know, yeah, dude. So it was just like, I was like, you know what, I'm going to stick to my word, you know? So I kept the moniker and I just, you know, I just kept pumping. Like I just, I just kept writing. I kept editing songs. I kept working. And then I met Eric and Bill from Crybaby, And then we released uh, the Natalie Rosie P, which was just me 
moving from the full band to an acoustic realm because I, I wasn't able to find other members who who'd want to participate. And and that happens sometimes, you know? Oh yeah. But I didn't, I didn't want to stop. You know, I had this momentum, this fire I still have, you know? <laughs> so I just kept going. So I met Bill and Eric and then, uh, we, we worked with Crybaby. I released that, uh, Nana and Rosie P. Um, and I just kept going. <laughs> and then I released another, uh, another album, uh, called whispers, which was again, fully acoustic after I toured like 15 different States. Um, I even took myself, I went, I even went to Amsterdam and I played a few um, shows out there and I came back and then uh, I released Whispers originally through a label also based out of Pennsylvania uh, called No Hope Records. I think I've and heard then, of that label before. Yeah. So I was originally on them and that album got, Whispers uh, got released through them. And then, you know, two years down the line or so, they bumped me off the label and they were like, you know, it's not really working out, yada, yada, yada. So I had to re-released the album but on my own but it just it actually felt great you know like now i had complete control this see the whole time you know and you live and you learn a lot of that time i was just you know you kind of fall into the into that you know the label will do everything kind of for you yeah attitude and it's a big mistake dude there's nothing greater there's no bigger power than you actually having control of your stats you having con- full control of your sales you being the person talking to, like, you really just have to focus on marketing. Yeah, and plus, pretty much what people aren't That's really it. getting anymore is that labels don't really do much for you anymore. Nothing, nothing. No, you're you're actually doing more for them. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's you're, the start, other you're way starting around. to see. Yeah, you're starting to see more of these like DIY type bands show up and actually do stuff. And you know, I mean, it's just the way that the that the whole like industry is turning. Yeah. And it just it just makes more sense, at least for now. You know, at least where we're standing at now, it just makes more sense. You know, digital just changed everything for for everybody. You know, so I think it took some time for people to get their bearings. You know, but for the smaller dudes, it works out in a way. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? I'm not saying you put, you know, like if you have a fire, I'm not saying you're gonna throw all your twigs in into digital streaming. No, there's other aspects to it. You know, there's merch sales, there's live shows, of course, but even that's gone now. It's like where we stand now. It's like where where do we go? You know. So it does come down. You gotta think, start thinking outside the box. You know, and you can't always rely on other people to do stuff. You know, this is the time when you sit down with your band and you're like, all right, what are we gonna do? <laughs> right? Like you just you just wait, <laughs> and then it just happens. So you know. <laughs> and then I start blasting e- emails to people and then I hit up some people <laughs> on Instagram and then it turns out we know each other somehow. <laughs> I want to take this back to the beginning. When you got into music, what was that like spark? Like what was like when, you know, a young Omar was like, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> When I started, okay, so I remember, so shout out to my boy, Gary Solman. He's the guy who showed me how to play guitar for reals. Um, <laughs> shout so out. He, yeah, shout out. He basically would be like, I, you know, like, my, how do I put it? So there was like, you know, school talent shows and whatnot. And he'd always be that guy with the guitar up there playing with other people, you know, and stuff like that. And then I just grew a liking to the guitar. I grew a liking to the sounds, 
really, you know, that it just, it, I just kept coming back to that instrument. I've, I've always, you know, I like music, period. Um, but I just, you know, I grew up in a very spiritual, religious home, you know, so like my mom was like awful, like in the beginning, you know, where she just wouldn't encourage it. So I would spend my time with, you know, with Gary or Gary's house and he'd be showing me songs. I'd be like, dude, I really like the song I heard on the radio. He would quickly look at the tabs, quickly learn it <laughs> and then just teach, teach it to me, you know, and, and then that's that's how it started. And then when I finally got the chance, um, it was something like he was in the band and then he quit the band and then he was like, why don't you take my place? And I was like, really? That can happen? <laughs> so <laughs> so that that's how I got the, you know started you know practicing you know and writing and and getting getting familiar with that stuff and then it just escalated dude like it just went from like you know I, I, from one band to the next band to the next band and that that was it like i was just I, I still you know i still wanted to go to school and i still did i still you know did that but for the longest time i was just i just wanted to be on the road and i and i did you know i, I traveled with different bands i played some stages you know i I played the Paramount Theater in Long Island. You know, I had a friend uh, in a band called Don't Believe in Ghosts who let me play guitar in for a little while. And that had to be, like, the most awesome show I ever played, you know? like That's awesome. I, like, I tell him all the time. I'm like, dude, I've never I've never played a, a venue like this. It was a legit venue. <laughs> and they had, like, they knew, so I'm a vegetarian. And they were, like, they had, like, food prepared for us. Oh, wow. Like, you know, they, were, they were, like, this is the vegetarian food. You know, the the green room for the band dude there was a shower with like towels and like disposable sandals and st- it was like dude. real legit shit dude and that's I was, like, crazy wow. <laughs> like, you know? and it's just like it's it's like you know it sets up it sets you up for wanting even greater things you know oh yeah and it's like you, you you need that sometimes you need that like fire you know and it's just so it just it just kept going you know and, and when i when i started really focusing on the phoenix within stuff that's i just always kept that up like i was like i always had to come back to why am i doing it and it's really just the love of the art you know love working on it i love working on songs or like puzzles you know i like writing lyrics i like writing stories short stories poems i do all that you know oh yeah uh, actually this this year we actually published a songbook is the first songbook i ever wrote and it's based off the whispers album that um does acoustic album the fully acoustic album so i so i did that for the first time you know that's and it was cool. just it's like it, it felt good doing something different you know yeah and that's the thing you know if you continue to expand and grow i mean you're gonna just you're gonna find more and more people to build your audience with and you know it, that that's what i feel like a lot of bands really kind of skip out on because you know everyone's like well i gotta put you know i gotta i gotta record and we got to make a video and we got to do this and we got to do that. And it's just like, well, you know, there's definitely more outlets than just putting a video on YouTube. Yeah. So listening to the Phoenix within, I could definitely hear some like, like punk and post punk, some alternative, you know, I kind of get like the, like, uh, like don't take offense, like, uh, like no. bowling for soup, like less than Jake, like, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Eat world, like that, like that kind of like post punk and stuff. But correct me if I'm wrong, but um, where do you draw your influences from and who are some of those influences? For me, uh, it's pretty much a lot of those bands you mentioned, except um, and again, I I would say except only because (laughs) so put it like this. Right. Remember, I said how my family was very like hardcore about like religion and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I, 
I actually had to go backwards in time. So, so like, what what happened to me was, like, for example, that same friend who who would let me CDs and stuff. Like, he'd be like, "Here's two albums," but I was limited to when I could listen to these things. Oh yeah, <laughs> because I I worked, you know, I I was working since I was like fourteen, you know, um, and so I worked. I went to school, and then you know, I just didn't, you know, it was like on the go, like on, maybe on the way from school to you know waking up from home to school i had time to listen to and then going from school to work after i could listen to it so it was like very limited so he gives me two cds and i'm like dude like my mom can't even catch me with these you know (laughs) you know she'll kill me you know so it was he'd be like i would just judge shit by the cover you know (laughs) so he'd be like he'd be like here's you know dude ranch from blink 182 and here's like nirvana never mind and i'd be like i like dude ranch's cover here and i'd be nirvana back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then like years later, when I actually started, you know, working on the on the first album of the Phoenix Within, I'm like, dude, I need to really just go back because sometimes people will be like, oh, you, I might know the hit song of the Nirvana Nevermind album, but I don't know any of the other songs, and I, or I don't know the vibe, or I didn't really dive into the album, so I just went backwards. I started listening to every, you know, Foo yeah, exactly. Fighters. I had to like fill in those gaps bro <laughs> like, i got to fill it all in and then so so yeah so i love jimmy Eat world i love blink one um i didn't really listen to less than jake until this year oh okay this year bro to this year like two months ago when i was listening to mike herrera his <laughs> podcast and so I was like, yeah, I really need to listen to Less Than Jake. I don't know anything about them. You know? <laughs> I know their logo. I know like what the guys look like. I've seen their pictures or tour stuff, you know, but I never actually listened, listened to their music. So I, I downloaded, you know, the discography <laughs> on, on iTunes. And yeah, I just it's just it. so accessible now. Oh, dude. And that's, the, that's one of the beauties of it, you know, like of the digital stuff, the digital world. So I just started listening to them and I do like them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. it's just funny because, like, I mean, like, growing up, like, around that time, like, when the pop punk shit was, like, huge, like, you couldn't get away from those bands. Yeah. Like, they, they were just everywhere. Everywhere. New Especially Blink-182. Yeah, Blink-182, you know, Sum 41, all that stuff. So, I, you know, I definitely fall in that range for sure because I love them. I love that. I like that. I do listen to a lot of hip hop. You know, I'm Latino, so I I do listen to like salsa, bachata, you know, um, garafano music. (laughs) Like, I'll listen to anything, dude, uh, if it sounds good. You know what I mean? The guys, though, they're completely different. So, like, the guys don't, like, they they love, um, uh, you know, Alice in Chains, uh, Led Zeppelin, Pearl Jam. um, Right up my alley uh, with Alice in Chains. Dude, yeah, yeah, for, for sure, dude. And, and it's stuff that for me it's it's great because I'm like, dude, I never really really listened to that band. Now's my chance, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that helps, you know. It's like I'm being re-exposed or, or exposed to different angles of music, you know. But um, have you ever really dug like, into Alice in Chains' discography? Right now, no. I'm not gonna lie, no. Dude, um, I'm telling you, definitely the one with the dog with the three legs. Oh yeah, it's self-titled. That's a good one. I I was that, gonna that I was gonna suggest to listen to that. Fire. Well, it's, well, I mean, there's mixed feelings about that album because like when you, like if, like when you listen to the back catalog and then you listen to that one, you could tell that there was like something going on within that band and like, it just wasn't good. And, 
but it has some of the best songs because they're just <laughs> so crazy and out there. But honestly, though, if you if you actually do, like dove into their catalog and you got to listen to like Facelift and Dirt and shit and actually gave it like a legitimate listen, I mean, yeah. even Jar of Flies to actually fuck that. Every Literally Alice in Chains while you're album. talking, I am downloading. I just want to let you know. So Facelift 1990, Dirt yep. 19. You know what I feel like sometimes? You ever watch Captain America, the movie? Yeah. And so like, they're always talking to him about, oh, have you heard, you know, Marvin Gaye? Or like, have you heard? Yeah. And then he's like, make sure you listen to this band. And he opens his little notebook and he writes, he down, writes it like, down. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel like sometimes where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me some more suggestions. Like, honestly, like Facelift and Dirt, dude, are really good. Sap, the EP is pretty good. Jar of Flies is really good and self-titled is really good. Pretty much any any Alice in Chains song, uh, uh, you know, album from the Lane era is, is, is amazing. And, like, if you dive in past, like, the hits, you know, like Man in the Box and Them Bones and Wood and yeah. shit, like, there's, like, really good fucking tunes in there. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Downloading. Dude, you're going to give Facelift <laughs> and Dirt a listen, you're gonna, and you're going to fucking message me and be like, yo, it's you're right. It's my cue, bro. <laughs> Bro, you right. <laughs> you right. You right. You right. So, going back to the Phoenix Within for a minute, how does the songwriting process work for uh, work for the band? Because I mean, like as you're saying, you're, you know, you you know showed up with like 200 songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, honestly, you have to. Uh, these guys are for me different caliber musicians you know like nick is an amazing bassist john is a sick fucking guitarist like it's just he just it's one of those guitars that he starts playing and you're like i gotta go home and practice you know it's, it's one of those guitars yep. <laughs> you know who you know who, who else is one of those guitarists <laughs> eric snover yeah <laughs> <laughs> eric snover shout out <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm going to text him tonight. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Tell him. Yeah. Make sure you tell him, say, yeah, I talked to Bill Eastlack and he's going to be like, no fucking way. He's a, he's a lawyer now. <laughs> Is he a lawyer? <laughs> wow. Yeah, dude. That's where he's been this whole time. <laughs> dude, that's crazy. I didn't know. Well, I, I mean, then again, I haven't talked to him in like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, dude. Well, that's pretty much how long it takes like a good seven years <laughs> dude that's crazy i never knew so for that. like three years he was working on the label and then like dude, seven years he was gone <laughs> it's funny too because he lives like five minutes from me dude that, but that's how it is dude this, we're always just so busy you know like we're just always so busy that's just this life this these cities <laughs> yeah they make this work <laughs> dude it's crazy but yeah the writing process like nowadays is just basically like um, whoever has a riff, you know, and then we just build on that riff. So we have a new, <clears throat> I know, I, I know I just released a tenfold one, but I'm going to talk about a new one. Okay. <laughs> so we, we will be dropping a few live videos. Nice. Uh, that we, that we did in the, you know, in the studio, the same studio where we record. And one of the tracks that we're going to do is, is a song called Pessimist. And Pessimist, the way I'll, you know, if I walk you through the writing process of that one, it was legit. Nick, <laughs> Nick shows up. You know, we're in practice. We practice at their house, by the way. Okay. And Nick just, you know, starts playing this like eerie little riff, you know, and it just, you know, I, maybe it, it, you know, you know when they hit you right away, certain melodies, and you just start humming away. It just it just 
the words come easy. Exactly. Yep. I know exactly. And what you're I just, about. Yeah. And I just started hearing these octaves, you know, being played over what he was playing. And so, so, so we started doing the octaves, you know, that was, you, you know, John just like quick with it. Like, you know, I'm just like, I'm hearing this John. And he, so he figures it out on the guitar right away, like seconds. And then that was important because then I didn't forget the melody. I wanted to sing it in, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And then I just started writing words while he just, you know, he was on loop for that little riff, you know? And then James just starts, you know, like, luckily James came in late that day. Because, <laughs> because he would have started drumming right, you know, like, ah, la, la, la. It, it would have fucked oh, everything you guys up. trying to figure something out? <laughs> like, but, but no, even when James is in the room, it works out. Because we, we practice with headphones on and stuff, you know, so we can hear each other and we can tinker about. And we always separate our sessions. So we have writing sessions and then we have practice sessions. Oh, okay. So that's smart. Yeah. So writing, yeah, it's dude, it's very hard because I, for one, never really knew the difference. <laughs> you know, I thought, sometimes it just happens, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you're practicing and then you just stumble upon a new riff and that turns into a song. And it, we have a song called Daddy Issues. And that literally, the writing for that was literally, I started with a riff and everybody just hopped on it. And then boom, we just wrote Daddy Issues. It was like, just like that. I like the you hook know? in that song. The hook's really good. <laughs> but that was like one of those things where it's just like, you know, I was like, dude, this it just clicked, you know, one thing to one thing. And then I was like, let's let's not even close the song. Let's just leave it open ended, you know, let John rip the guitar leads into it, you know? Yeah. And it just and it just worked out. Like, you know, so but you know, that was like in the beginning. And then after that we just got more serious because we we know we our sound is changing. You know, like if you take the Phoenix within from 2013, yes, some 41, taking back Sunday, you can hear my love for, for the my chemical romance. You know, you can hear what I, what I was listening to and what I liked, and you can hear it pour into these songs. You know, and then oh, yeah. you have you have those this era where I'm just going acoustic, you know, and I'm just trying to find a sound, but it, but even though it's acoustic, dude, it's not like sappy, sad acoustic. It's like there's raw emotion, and when I played live, it was just tougher. Like it was rough, you know. Kind of reminds like, me of like uh, like City in Color. But even sitting like City in Color, I would still say it's too soft. Even like like a lot of people would be like, "Oh, it reminds me like." Sometimes what would happen is people just see you with acoustic, and they're like, "Oh, Dashboard Confessional, Bright Eyes," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Did you even listen to the fucking song?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and like especially when I played live, you know. So then when I released Whispers. It was still that acoustic vibe, you know, like, but rough. Like, it's a, it, wasn't so, it wasn't meant to be, let me hold your hands and play these soft songs for you. It wasn't that at all. And so when I met Nick, you know, he, he, I think he could sense that. Like, he could sense that I wanted to get heavier. And, yeah, the first, you know, five singles that we released together as this lineup are kind of like pop, pop punk, indie rock. The stuff that's coming now is, <laughs> like, Pessimist, for example, is just... It's it's the bridge between us getting heavier and like crossing over that pop stuff. It's only the next logical step. And it and it feels good, dude. Like, you know, like I'm one of those people that love I love to experiment, dude. Like, you know, I've done like vocals on like techno beats, I've done stuff on acoustic, I've done like, you know, religious music, <laughs> like whatever it is, you know. I'm down. That's so, awesome. So I'm looking forward to this, you know. But yeah, the writing process now has gotten more into us making sure that when we walk into the garage to practice, we got to decide whether it's a practice session or a writing session. 
And writing sessions, we usually will only set up if we have material. Hmm. Yeah. So that, that makes like, it just makes it easier. Well, that's dude. That's actually a really cool way to think about it and a really awesome way to do a practice because, you know, because if you don't even have like a set plan or whatever going in, I mean, we've all been to the band practice where absolutely nothing gets done. Yeah. And you jam for three hours and not even a single usable riff or a song idea comes out of it. Man, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's rough because it brings you down sometimes, you know, like if you were already having a shitty day and then you go to pre- band practice and you spend three hours standing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shredding or, or, you know, putting things up, but people are just shooting it down. That, that, that's another factor too. You know, that's one of the things like when we say we have writing sessions, we go in and we hear each other out. And not only do we hear each other out, we're, we're plugged into the computer. So we have a pro tool session going on. Oh, so it's so always recording. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be like, all right, go back. Let's do that. Anybody have any input? No. Okay. Then this is what I would do for the second part. Anybody else have any input? And that's when Nick will be like, mm, maybe go this way. Or, or John will be like, ah, Maybe go that way, you know, and then it kicks in, you know. So it, I love writing sessions. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, plus, let's be real. Nobody wants a fucking Les Paul strapped to him for three hours. <laughs> not my back. <laughs> yeah, Definitely exactly. not my back. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things, like, as a kid, you're like, oh, I want a Les Paul. I really want a Les Paul. They're so cool. And then they're so beautiful. Yeah, then you're standing on fucking stage and you have this 14 pound guitar hanging from your neck. <laughs> Everything hurts the next day. <laughs> Where the fuck is my Advil? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, going back to shows and stuff uh, that we were talking about earlier, what's what's some of the coolest shows you've played so far? Um, so, definitely one of the ones was when I was uh, the guest guitarist for Don't Believe in Ghosts at the Paramount. Yeah. That's definitely my my top one, dude. Just the experience of the stage, the sound, the people. Like they, it was it was nuts for me. Um, but bringing it bringing it down a tier or two. Uh, we played um, a so far sounds. We played a, a few of those, um, and we had one in Texas. We flew out to Texas, you know, explored Texas. Okay. And then we uh, because we were gonna be back there anyway for South by Southwest, so we're like, you know what, dudes, let's go out there. <laughs> And uh, we'll do a so far sounds and then, you know, we'll, we'll scout the areas, you know, see, see where we're going to be, you know, check out the venue. We were so hyped. You know, we were hyped. When we found out we were playing, we're just like, we were ready. (laughs) Oh yeah. And, and so we went out there and this so far sounds, I know it, it was just like, dude, they have like these little rules, you know, and stuff when you perform these. And it's like, one of them is, the people listen. <laughs> so like, so like they, they basically, you know, everybody's nice and calm, you know, and um, we got to play a really fun set, a set where we knew people were really listening. You know what I mean? And like to the point where like people are like after the set talking to you about your lyrics and talking to you about the way the music made them feel. You know, and that, and that to me is special because you put you put in your work, you know, you're putting in your work to your music. And when you when you hear, you know, I, not to say I wouldn't have minded any negative feedback. You can always learn from negative feedback, but it yeah. also feels good to get positive feedback. Oh, you dude, know, it's like you're on the right track. Back? 
Yeah, you know? <laughs> so it's just like, that felt good. It felt good because, you know, these were songs that we were working on at the time, and it's just, it, it, it felt good. So that stands like definitely one of my good ones. I also did a show in Chicago that was something also along with uh, So Far Sounds, and it was the same situation, you know? Um, it's always nice just to have people say what they're thinking or, or, or letting me know what they felt when they heard the song, which is something I always encourage. Like when, when we release videos, you know, I always tell people, please leave your comments on, on the page, you know, let me know what you, if you hate the song, say it yeah. <laughs> and tell me why, tell me why you hate it. I, I'm just curious. You know, I just want to know, like, we got to have these conversations, you know, <laughs> we got to have these talks because it's just, I'm, I think of myself as the Phoenix within not only, like I'm, I have I'm multifaceted. I, I have different factors, you know. I, yes, I'm an artist, but I'm also a business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and thinking about it from the business aspect, I want to know, you know, have you listened to any of our other stuff? What is it that you don't like? You know, so it's important to me, like knowing what people think. Yeah, exactly. So, going back here with uh, with the shows and stuff, where where haven't you toured yet? That you would like to, I mean, I know you said Amsterdam. You went there. Have uh, has there ever been any thoughts of going anywhere past there, or you know, just anywhere in general? I would love to go to like England. Um, shout out, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go to England. I'd love to go to Maine or Canada. You know, some of these places I haven't been to. Well, I've been to Canada, but I've, you know, I've never performed there. So I'd love to, you know, do that. Definitely Europe. I, I just want to hit up Europe. Like I've always, I'll go wherever the music takes us. <laughs> yeah. If they'll have us, we'll play, you know? Um, but Europe is definitely, or, you know, and Asia are definitely my, um, my dream places to hit because of, but I want to go there not because I went on vacation and I bought a ticket and I went, I want to go there because the music takes me there. You know what I mean? Yeah, Those exactly. are the places. <laughs> Makes it more pure. Yeah. Asia and Europe are definitely, my hit list like <laughs> <laughs> so i got a couple more things here um one of them is if the phoenix within could cover any song what would it be <laughs> uh, i don't know so i'm not gonna lie to you dude i don't do covers i hate covers you hate covers <laughs> i hate doing covers and i'll tell you why <laughs> it's not because i don't have respect for the artists who did the song. It's just, I love them and respect them so much. I don't want to fuck up their songs. <laughs> but I just don't, I, I, I just like one time we tried doing like a sublime song and just the lyrics just fucking escaped me. I was just fucking humming. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like <laughs> I'm just, I'm just really good at fucking up other people's songs. And I just don't want to do that so, to them. So what you mean to tell me is the Phoenix of them won't be releasing a Taylor Swift cover on YouTube anytime soon. Not anytime soon. My good friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's not, and let me tell you, something, I fucking love Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, I, I can, I can get down with some Taylor Swift. I love like sometimes, you know, like the guys will like warm up with guitar, you know, like in, in the group and they'll maybe play the riff for like man in the box, you know, yeah. or, or some like, they, they don't, I love Lincoln Park. They don't really like Lincoln Park that much, you know, or I'll play like a Lincoln Park riff, you know, or and like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Those and first just two like, albums are great. I fucking love, don't you, I love that man. But, um, they're just, you know, like, it's just, I've never really been into covers. Like I can't, I, I just never got into it. 
you know, sometimes I'll just let like they'll just jam in the room. Like they're uh, you know they're big um, fans of oh fuck oh my god it just it just slipped my mind right now. What's the guy's name? He's in two different bands. Hang on, <laughs> this is gonna kill me. <laughs> like um, but you know whatever. Like the point of the story is I I don't really like. I don't do covers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, um, do you have any advice or tips for anyone trying to get into the music industry? I know, I know we kind of went over this a little bit before, but if you were to write down, you know, like the definitive list, like what would you put on this list to help, you know, anybody at any stage in their career to getting into the music industry? <clears throat> Dude, I'm going to tell you, you just cannot stop working. You have to keep working and you have to be patient with the people you work with. Um, it's important that you find people and it's not hard to figure out who's, who wants to be in something and who doesn't want to be in something. You know, it's, 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 uh, when you're in a band, you're in a relationship, you're in a relationship with other dudes or other ladies, whoever's in your band. So you communication is key. So when you're in a band, you got to talk. You got to talk to each other. If you don't like something that somebody did, say it. You know, it's, it's important. It's important that you're all on the same page. Um, and then after that, like, let's say all that is, is in check. Everything is okay. You know, you got a good team. Work on expanding your team. If there are certain, like, you know, you have a bass player, you know, a hypothetical band. Yeah. <laughs> you have a bass player, guitar player, drummer a singer, what are their qualities? What, what are they doing? Like, are they going to school? Are they going to college? College is important. You can do both. You can go to college. And I'm tired of seeing musicians that say they don't want to go to college. And I'm just like, dude, go to college, go to school. You can do both. Actually, it's better for you to go to school and do music because now you have more people to reach out to Exactly. more people to tell, you know, to talk about your band. And about your project. More emails. And while you're in school, yeah, more emails. You got people now that you're going to network with. You you may have somebody there who's majoring in photography. Who knows? Now you have somebody you can reach out to photography who can work for you for cheap. Because guess what? Photographers got to get paid too. Exactly. <laughs> like it's, it's you building a team. You know, you finding people, you know, like maybe somebody in there is majoring in theater. Now you have actors that you can access. For your, you know, for videos when you do videos, there's so there's so much potential, you know. So it's important that people go to school, you know. Sounds like this um, is spoken from experience, dude. For I'm telling you, it's it's for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, school's important, man. Like, let you know, one, let's say you did go, you know, you finish your four years and whatnot. Now you can go get a job, you know, and that'll help you pay for other shit you need to do yeah. on your, on your artistic projects. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, it's, it's just work. It's like, it's nonstop work. And if you, if you want to do it, if you don't want to starve, you need to work, you need to work towards the art and, and the art will keep getting better. And if you keep at it, you know, it'll, it'll start to show like you'll see the payoff, but you got to be patient and you got to put the work in. There's, there's just no way around it work (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome very 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 inspiring words um i mean that's the thing i mean we live in such like a society now where it's like instant gratification 
and stuff, you know, to where no one really feels like they have to put in anything to get anywhere. And that's just not the case. I mean, it's like, it's like we were talking about earlier, like, look at this situation here. Like, I never would have found out who you were and you never would have found out who I was if you didn't spam emails and spam Instagrams. (laughs) And like I said, you know, you know, in your team or, and you know, and starting before you even have your team, you have your band members. You need to know what each one of them is the best at, the strongest at, and what they're the weakest at, you know, and put yourself into that same equation. Like, you know, I am a guitarist. I am a shitty guitarist compared to my boy, John, (laughs) you know, like you have to know what your limits are and can you make it better? Yeah, you can. You practice more. You know, you take some music classes. You know, everything to make the art better. You have. It's up to you. How much do you respect your art? You know. Yeah. Um, and that and that's just one of those things. You know, like challenge yourself. Challenge yourself about like what you write about the songs you write about. Like if if you're only writing about love songs, try a different topic. You know, like switch it up. Like don't. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, you got to switch it up and then release a song right away. No, man. Half of the fun is writing. You know what I mean? Just challenge yourself in the writing process and in practicing and all that. And take it to the limit, man. You know, like, I never once in my life thought I would be publishing a, a book. I, I I published a book. That, to me, is, is madness. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? insane. I, um, a year ago, I became a member of the Recording Academy. Oh, wow. You know? That's awesome. Congratulations. That's something that I thank you, brother. And that's something that I totally encourage other artists to do. Like, you know, how many people do you hear complain about the music industry? Get more involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, you know, get more involved. Become part of advocacy. You know, find out why we're making shit money on streams and find out what movements are in place right now to, to fix that. Because there are movements. You know, oh, there yeah. are acts. You know, there are things moving in the shadows, you know, and it's like it's up to you like to be part of that. You know, so I would recommend people like, you know, if you are professionally doing music, become a member of the Academy, man. Like, you know, partake, vote on what's if you're complaining about, oh, look at all these acts that are becoming famous. All this music sucks nowadays. Why don't you submit something? Yeah, <laughs> submit exactly. Something, vote on what's what's out there. You, you Nobody's stopping you. Nobody. Uh, it's like stop complaining. Get up and do something. That's just it's just what it comes down to. Oh, the band was called Tool. <laughs> that's what they were practicing (laughs) well I mean that I I wouldn't blame you for not wanting to cover a Tool song I mean like (laughs) I like Tool and all but I couldn't do I couldn't do a Tool song (laughs) but they love Tool yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) hey I mean they're one of those bands you can't really take anything from They're, they're you know they're a band that etched their way and you know created their own path they have their own sound no one sounds like them and yep. they're, they're just one of those incredible timeless bands. However, they're an incredible timeless band that I wouldn't want to cover. <laughs> no, no. Dare I? No. no thank you. <laughs> I will listen to the album. <laughs> so the last thing I got here before I let you go is it's not a question at all. It's a chance to plug yourself. Where can people find you on social media? Where can they find the Phoenix Within? And what's next for the band? What's next for you? <clears throat> so next for us is um, we're still writing. We're going to keep writing. Uh, we want to release a new album. Um, and so we're compiling, you know, we've recorded a, a handful of songs and we're still compiling more up. 
um, just to really give, you know, to show how, how far we've come. So we're just challenging ourselves in that aspect. So together, the band's working on a new album. What will be released immediately is not the new album, but a bunch of live videos that we've recorded at the studio where we recorded uh, or where we are recording the, this new album. So we have a few songs that are going to be released um, in these you know, live studio sessions. One of those songs is going to be called Pessimist. Uh, that's a newer one. We're also going to release a live video of a song called Hypothetical, which you, you were mentioning before. Hmm. So, And then a handful more. Um, just so that you know, we have some content out there and, and it's happening, just to give us some space while we figure out exactly what we're going to put into this new album. So that's our main thing. And if shows ever return, I promise you we will be on tour. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you but, what, if you're ever down here in the South Jersey area or Philadelphia area, uh, I can guarantee that I will be there. Oh, you're the man. You know I'm hitting you up. We'll hit up everybody. Bill, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noah. Yeah, right. Everybody. Everybody's going to get hit up. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So the band, you know, coming up, that's what we're going to be doing. Uh working towards, you know, new music, new projects, new videos. Um, and you guys can find us anywhere. Uh, we do have a main website, which is, you know, the Phoenix within rock.com. That's our main website. You'll find us on Facebook as the same handle, the Phoenix within you'll find us on Instagram, same handle, the Phoenix within, uh, we're on Amazon, Spotify, iTunes as the Phoenix within, uh, please do listen. Please do follow. We we know. I know. <laughs> we know where you're listening from, um, and we appreciate all the support. You know, to all the people who are listening or, or will listen to this podcast, I thank you for giving us the time, for giving us a chance, and I, you know, I thank you, dude, and Rage Against the Mainstream for giving us that chance. You know, for letting me spam you and then giving me the chance. <laughs> Dude, anytime, honestly, and you know, I say this to everyone that comes on, but I actually really mean it this time. If you ever want to come back on for a topic or you want to come on to promote something, you are more than welcome whenever you want. You are the man. And I really look forward, dude, you're another member of the team, bro. Hey, I'm happy to be a part of the team. You're another member of the team. That's all I have to say, man. I really do feel... Uh, lucky and, and happy that I got to meet you do such a small world. Yeah, I know. Honestly, it's, it's, it's so crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I, I just can't, I can't wait for, I can't wait for the response you're going to get from Eric when you tell him that you're just talking to me. He's going to be like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Drive down the block. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Dude, I want to thank you for coming on. I, I want to thank you for coming on. This was no. <laughs> this was awesome. I this is the most fun I've had in an interview in a very long time. <laughs> not so, not talking bad about anybody else, but this was like legitimately fun. And I had a I had an excellent time. And like I said, whenever you want to come back on, man, you're more than welcome. <laughs> thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Everybody, Omar from the Phoenix Within. Thank you so much for coming on, man. <laughs> thank you, man. Cheers, guys. Later. Hey, this is Omar, and you're listening to Rage Against the Mainstream. This is our song, Hypothetical.